It's a slightly different approach to tonight's podcast. Martin Johnson and myself will catch up after the interview with Jim Gannon, which you can hear first up now, actually. Jim, Thursday evening, back in from the cold and horrible weather outside. Uh, positive week for Stockport County, back on the horse. Yeah, no, um, it's been a good week. Um, after exiting the FA Trophy, obviously you just want to get back to winning ways, get back to being professional, get back to bread and butter of um, the league. And um, it's nice now after these two wins to be in a position where if we keep winning, then we can find ourselves top of the league uh, when we play Chester. So, But uh, one game at a time, we've got a really tough game at Hereford, who are probably on paper and at, at Hereford would be a, a tougher challenge than the last two games. Darlington, it was it was a great win. It was a tough first half, and the second half, County really came into the groove. What positives overall did you take from that game? I think Darlington um, have had a difficult season. They've, they've obviously added quality, and they've got f- four or five players who have um, are really good players. Um, you know, Simon Ainge in particular, um, John Nicholson, and. Um, I like Tom Elliott. I think the centre forward Saunders, who's gone to Fleetwood, is a, is a real threat. And Thompson on the right has been a, a stalwart for for Darlington. But um, England C International Trotman, so they've got some good players. But um, and I think some of them showed their quality on Saturday um, on the platform and the stage that they would have revelled in. But from our perspective, I think our collective performance, the way we stuck together and just kept working hard, meant that eventually we. We asked the right questions and got the goals. And once we got the goals, I never felt like we were going to lose the game. Of course, it meant the kick on in the, in the promotion race. We were just saying off air, we are now well into the, the title running. How does that affect the camp, if at all? Well, I, I think um, we've not really, perhaps because of this mentality, just taken one game at a time. I don't think we've looked at, we've never looked at as chunks of games and saying, well, it's 10 to go, we need to pick up X points or the six to go. I think when we exit the FA Trophy last year, a lot of people felt our season was over. And what we needed to do was was be professional, get back to the league campaign, uh, maximise our catch-up games. And if we did that, then we'd be in the hunt. And I think, you know, obviously we started off with the Ashton game, which was one of the games affected by the FA Trophy. We won that. Uh, we won on Saturday. And we're very much in the hunt now. Um, six games to go, five for others, seven for the odd one or two. Um, it's going to be a hectic, frenetic finish to the season for everybody. So many permutations with so many playing each other. Um, from our perspective, I think we just got to look at Hereford, give them respect that they're due for the results they're getting and the way they've improved over the course of the season. Always a tough place to go. Um, no real pressure on them. Uh, with a, you know, I think they're safe for a season. Um, but they'll obviously be wanting to put on a good show and a good atmosphere and a great game for for, for their fans. But tough play, tough game, tough place to go, um, and it's as tough as any fixture you're going to find this season. Do you take a lot of positives from the way your players against Darlington rallied in that second half? We were speaking about man of the match after the game, and it could have gone to any number of those those players out there. There was a, a big discussion about who could have had it. it was really good to see everybody wanting to be part of it. Yeah, I, I think. Um, I think it was one name games where, and and this is going to happen as I said, and and I think most of the season there's not going to be any one standout player that's going to win a match for us. Um, I mean, perhaps we've had some lads who scored hat tricks and stole a show, if you like. 
I think in a game like Darling and all the other games, it's going to be about everybody contributing and the, the 11 or the 14 that play having a little bit more than the other team. Um, and I, I think if you, if you, I mean, I think if I was going to try and pick a player of the year, I think I'd find it very hard because there's a lot of contenders, uh, a lot of people who deserve a lot of credit for different stages of the year and over the course of the year. Um, and uh, the idea of stars at the club, I think, has, has been lost in the collective strength. And I think that's been what's really shone through this season is that the group has been really good and the best... We've had some good players over the last three years, but we've got the best group at the moment um, that we've had. And I think that's shown in the results and the performances. Hereford at the weekend. County looking at Hereford on paper. County look miles ahead of them, but it, it's not going to be as easy as that. I think if you look at the league table, that would that would be easy. Um, if you look at the form table, I think both ourselves and Hereford have only lost one game in the last eight. Um, so they're a team that's not used to, to losing. Um, know how to get results in big games. I mean, going to Spennymoor, despite Spennymoor's form, uh, to go there and be able to ride out the pressure that they were under in that game and the chances that Spennymoor created and, and to, to get their own goal and get there and then hold on to that lead shows some quality. I think they've always had a, a reasonable defence and I think over the course of the season they've they've added one or two players and, and recently they've added Rowan Lightbird from Geisley. So they keep adding, keep strengthening. Um, so they, they're getting better every every month they've been getting better. So on paper, I don't think, based upon the form, um, there's much between the two sides and them being at home makes it uh, an extra difficult game for us. Um, and with the particular run and, and, and what we're trying to achieve from this season, the pressure is on us to go and get the win. I don't want to speak about them too much, but Chorley are the other team really competing for that league title now. They've got a really tough run in. They've got Telford this weekend. Are you going to be keeping an eye on that score during the game or do you not focus on that? No, I, I don't keep a, a focus on any result. Um, I think probably when it comes down to the one or two last games, you, there's going to be people telling you where we're up to and where they are. And, and you often get an odd fan saying, Chorley losing. Uh, Spenny more losing. Uh, I think... I don't think we can read anything in the fixtures. Me and you talked about this, although you won't want to mention it. Um, you know, their, their five fixtures are all games that we, we think, oh, they're, they're tough. But we won all those games. And then you look at our remaining games. Um, we've got Hereford, we've got Blythe, uh, we've got Nuneaton. And we didn't exactly cover ourselves in glory in those games. So um, we've got to we got respect that, you know, even if the game's particularly hard because the team's in the playoffs, uh, Sometimes those games are easier to play. Um, they're more open or the players are more charged because they expect a hard game. I think what we've we've got to be really mindful of is forget everybody else. Um, respect for Hereford, but go about our own business and respect what we are and what we can do and just impose ourselves on the opposition. So this week we've talked about what are our strengths, what areas we need to to maybe adapt and change if we're winning the game or chasing the game because I think we're at that stage of the season where nobody wants to settle for a draw. A draw is not a good result in any connotation for any team, whether they're top or bottom. Um, and you know, if we're going to be in a situation where we're in a draw, we might as well go for the win. Um, so that's the the mindset we have at the moment. It's just purely just concentrating and getting the best out of the game we can for ourselves. So with that in mind, 
with with that in mind about the the how the the last five games look for County and how we we fared against those teams earlier in the season. Is it on County to go and right that wrong, if you like? You know, you look at Hereford and Neaton, and regardless of where we are in the playoffs or in the in the league running, we didn't get a result against you guys earlier in the season. So we want to go and right that this time. Yeah, I think the Hereford game here in particular was um, a team that were desperate for to stop a rot. Um, and we weren't, I don't think we were good enough to overcome teams that set out a stall to make it hard for us. And I think we're a completely different team now. Um, but but even the non-eating game, uh, everybody was desperately disappointed with the result. They snatched a, a late goal from a corner um, when they only had 10 men and we made it so hard for ourselves. And the whole world caved in amongst so many fans. I, mean, I remember the criticism I got from people. And, and I was brave enough to come out and we programme notes for the next game to say that look, just to have courage and belief in this group, they are better than they're showing. Um, my frustrations was that they, 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 they were capable of so much more and that once they they come together and, and start showing that competitive edge, we'd be fine. And I think we came out all guns blazing on the Tuesday night and beat Chorley 3-0, the league leaders. And we showed the type of team we are. And I don't think we've looked back since then. Um, the form we've been on since that moment, uh, I thought we were determined never to let that kind of game, or that scenario, develop again for us. So, um, so I don't, I don't worry about whether Hereford, the last game, or the, the Non-Eaton game, or the Blythe game. We've learned so many lessons since then about how to manage ourselves against these teams. But we're, we're far, far different team now, and I think that's shown in the consistent form that we've had for not a month, not for two months, but for four months. And Hereford are in good form, but we've been in that form for four months and that's why we're second and they are where they are. Do you think this team is still growing? Do you think this team is still fulfilling potential? I think it's going to be difficult to assess that. I think, um, you know, we talked before about whether there's another level to go to. I think that they've worked so hard, they got themselves to a place you can't really improve on. I mean... You know, even for me, board report for today's board meeting. Um, you know, even in the last nine games since the last board report, we've we've picked up an average of two point four four points a game, and we find ourselves having grown over the course of the season to two points a game. So uh, that's our our best streak, despite a defeat being in that group. You know, the fact that you're winning seven out of nine um, is is great testament to our ability to win games. Um, We've got a solid defence. We've got a hard-working team that knows how to get the ball back. Um, I've I, I said that I don't think we're going to be scintillating. I don't think we're going to play spectacular football. I think we look like a team that's maybe maybe has signs of being jaded or a little bit stale, but still know what it, it you know they have to do in games in terms of doing all the right things, doing all the basics well, and 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 I think Paul Turnbull said it after the game about grinding out results and. I think that um, all we have to do is just keep being professional and make sure that um, what we're good at, we keep doing well and what we're not good at, we protect ourselves against. So going into the Hereford game then, the the shape of the, the county squad going into that physically, mentally, how the squad looking, how the players looking, in particular, the new boy Jason Gilchrist, the fans got a little bit of a look at him. How's he looking going into the game? Yeah, I think in that particular game, we were very fortunate with, Darlington being down to 10 men that we were able to do, introduce Jason a little bit earlier. 
I think the tactical change I made in, in anticipation of what I thought Darling were going to do, which was play a 3-4-2, probably didn't help us create the kind of pressure, probably went against us and I couldn't get the message across then to change shape, um, to go and impose ourselves. Um, but it was nice for Jason to get a run out at Edgley Park and get him adapted to, to what we are. He's trained well. Uh, I think Frank Mulhern's trained really well this week. Um, you know, See, Frank doesn't think he... He looked tired or felt any different, and but for us statistically looking at the, the GPS and also his performance, he didn't look the same Frank Mulhern as perhaps day one in the season or or against Harrogate. Um, so I think it's really important that players recognise. Uh, I think when we went through the stats, there was we've got seven or eight players now touching on forty games this season. Uh, quite a few of these lads could be closing in on 50 games um, over, the, over the course of the season, which is a, a very demanding when you consider the, the intensity and pressure that's been on all of those games, whether it be for the FA Cup, the FA Trophy, or to keep a historic run going, or at this particular stage of the season, to every point is crucial and, and we're, we're, we're gunning for for champion spot. So... Uh, great credit for them, them players because their professional has been a credit to themselves over the course of the year. And going into the game, we, I don't think we've been as strong as we have been. I mean, when when players like Lewis Baines and Frank Mulhern, Conor De Mayo and Jake Kirby are not even in the 16, then you know you've got a really good strong squad. Physically, going into the, there's no worries for you going into the next games. No, uh, the only concern we had obviously on on Saturday was that uh, Adam Thomas took a, a bad knock and. It was touch and go whether he was going to get into the second half, but fortunately for us, he, he got himself going and contributed really well. Uh, he didn't train on Monday, um, but everybody else has trained. Um, one player's had to miss training tonight for work reasons, but uh, everybody's fighting fit. And, you know, again, it's credit to the players' profession, but also the work that Nick Donnelly and Luke Smith have been doing with them, that making sure that people are, are able not only to go from game to game really well, but able to train at real top intensity. Uh, it doesn't seem to be anything I do in training now. Even if I try to to step up the intensity, um, the players are, uh, find it quite easy. Not easy, but they, they're they not scoring seven or eight or nines. They're still scoring sixes and sevens. So they're fit, they're strong, uh, they're resilient to any kind of physical challenge to them. Um, and they look in great shape. And I just hope that shows on Saturday Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, because we're going into an intense period. I think where it's very, very demanding, and I think the fact that we have a healthy squad, although it might be difficult for me to pick the right team, but it gives you great options when you're playing Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Monday, and that's going to be a real challenge for us to to make sure that we use the squad to its best of our ability, because it isn't just about Saturday. It's got to be about getting a result Tuesday, and and then Saturday again, and then Monday, and. The games are going to come thick and fast, so at the moment we're just um, looking in great shape to put out a really strong side for both Saturday and Tuesday's games. Big games coming up, Jim. Thanks very much. Welcome. Chris, a bit different tonight. You're producing. I'm merely asking the questions. We're sitting here in your car because I'm about to go to a gig in Salford Keys. We're going to, I'm going to see Mark Maron, who's probably the biggest podcaster in the world. Do you know who his biggest guest ever was? Jim Gallen? Slightly bigger. Barack Obama. Oh, okay. So, but we'll try and get Barack on the show one night. 
Uh, I don't think Jim would be happy with that. (laughs) Well, no. (laughs) Don't tell him, for God's sake. (laughs) Uh, And it's, uh, yeah, so instead of dogs barking tonight, you might hear the rain on the windscreen. Um, But uh, back to a good week for being a county fan. A really good win against really tough opposition. But, you know, going into another hard game on Saturday. Yeah, a lot of the critics were saying after the uh, Ashton game, which was the get back on the horse game, if you like, after the file defeat, there was a lot of people saying if that was tougher opposition, we'd have been turned over, have we capsized? Uh, well, there's your answer. Um, Darlington were tougher opposition than Ashton. Um, they did come with a bit more about them. And in the first half in particular, they they caused a few threats for County. In the second half, County outsmarted them. OK, you know, they didn't do themselves any favours having a man sent off who... Um, you know, seemed quite nonchalant about it. I, actually, after the after the game, the the defender uh, walked past a couple of the media guests that were there and just turned and said, "I don't know why I did that. It was a silly decision to get himself booked uh, for a second time after his first booking was throwing the ball away." They just seemed like a team whose heads had gone in the second half, and whether that's because they've got nothing to play for or not, I don't know. But they offered a lot more than um, than Ashton. They certainly, as footballers, they wanted to win when they were out on the pitch and they gave everything when they were out on the pitch. Uh, it wasn't enough for them. Uh, County did what County do. And if they do that for every game uh, left this season, then we'll be having a very exciting discussion in a few weeks. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, that this time of the season, you know, the teams that you come up against. You know, obviously in this division, with relegation and with such a big promotion kind of set, there are you're more likely to come up a team that does have something to play for. But when you when you come up against teams like that, as you say, I think it's really important uh, to kill the game as quickly as you can. Um, whether that's always possible, you, you know, no, it's not. And whether that is in Jim's mind, I'm not sure. But I think Saturday proved that that that's a good policy. Yeah, I, I would have liked to have seen us kill Dalo off a, a, a little quicker. If I'm if I'm honest, um, when they went down to ten men, it was it was all over for them really in County were just playing the ball at will. It was recycled attack after recycled uh, attack. Jordan Keane getting a nice goal. It was good for him to get that, I think. Showing again that County can score goals from all over the park. But there was also a lot of talk about the new boy, Jason Gilchrist, who got his chance. A few eyebrows raised, seeing Frank Mulhern not even make the squad. Um, but these are the decisions the gaffer's got to, you know, got to make. And I think when you're, winning, when, you, when you're targeting winning the league... You have to put your absolute strongest first. And Frank is capable of being in that squad, but now he's got to work to prove it. Yeah, and we talked about it last week. We said we there's absolutely no way that those three between them, that one of them isn't going to feature. There's, there's time and space for them all in this in this promotion run, in this um, championship winning run, um, aiming for winning the championship, of course. Um, and how did you see, but how did you see Jason's debut? Well, when he came on, he, he, you know, they frustrated him a little bit. They, it, you've got to remember, in recent years, we've signed players like Jason Oswell, who may not be really well known to this division, and defenders don't really know what they're up against. Whereas with Jason Gilchrist, they know exactly what he's about. They've played against him. He was a top scorer in the division last season. Uh, he's not, uh, he's not an unknown territory. So they, they heavily marked him. Didn't really give him much of an opportunity, but I said this in commentary. I liked what he was doing. I liked the moves he was making. What Niall Bell gives you is that raw power, you know, that raw attacking threat that all he sees is the eye for goal. He doesn't want to do anything but score goals and, and, and create goals. Whereas Jason's a little bit more seasoned than that because the, the drawback of that Niall Bell style is when it doesn't work, 
you don't look like you've offered much. Whereas Jason was making all the, the cute little runs. He was pulling his man. He was making his defender uh, lose him in, in, the, uh, in the midst of a, an attack. And that's the, that's the cleverness that comes with it. So for me, it's good that Jim Gannon has now got someone like this in the squad. Albeit he didn't have a great afternoon. You know, he only really had one chance and he just couldn't get the ball to sit right for him. Um, but you saw what he was about and you saw that as soon as he starts linking up with the likes of Matty Warburton and Elliot Osborne and Adam Thomas, you just know he's going to be um, a real handful for defenders. So I'm happy with what I saw. And yeah, I mean, I think that um, you're saying, you know, the defenders know him. That cuts the other way. He knows the defenders. So you've got somebody there who knows those defenders really well. And then you've got Niall Bell, who none of those defenders will have played against. That's a pretty good mix. And as they, you know, as the partnership grows, that's, that's a bit of a double threat. Yeah, and again, you, you know, you look at Frank Mulhern as well to, to throw into that mix. It's just so dangerous. You would not, if you were a, you know, a Hereford who we've got coming up next, or um, a Blythe Spartans that we've got coming up, or, or any of the other teams that we've got on the running, one team in particular uh, who sit currently in that number one spot, you just wouldn't fancy playing County. Now, if you look at the two runnings, well, the two runnings begin tomorrow for me. Because County have got Hereford, who, listen, it's not going to be easy, uh, and Jim Gannon won't agree with me when I say that County will be favourites to win it, but they're languishing in mid-table. They've got nothing to play for now. They're not going to go up, they're not going to go down. So it could be another Darlington all over again. Chorley, on the other hand, they've got Telford to play. Telford, who are currently occupying the last playoff spot, and they've got Kidderminster and Chester looking at them thinking, we can catch you. So... I know who I'd I know who I'd rather play, and I know that out of all those four teams we've just mentioned, who will be the most feared? It'll be Stockport County. Absolutely. So I understand as well as getting a goal, Jordan played really well. Was he the man? Um, for me, uh, there was too many of the man you could pick. I thought Scott Duxbury had a really good game coming. You know, he's coming for a little bit of stick this season, but I thought he was really, really good and really composed. Elliot Osborne had a. If it wasn't for a, a glorious opportunity missed, we'd have been talking about him man of the match, no questions answered. You know, he was absolutely fantastic all game, with the exception of one header that it looked harder to miss. There was a, another opportunity that he had where he's had to scoop the ball out from underneath him and he's put it over the bar. That some people all say he should have had that as well, but that's a tricky one. It's come at him so fast and behind him. Um, I'll, I'll give him that one, but the header, he's probably not there. So, Paul Turnbull, I think for me, um, if I had to pick one of them, was the man. In the middle of the park, pulling the strings, he was making things happen going forward, he was stopping things happen in front of his own defence. Um, he's just a through-and-through through leader. Um, so, for me, Jordan had a good game. I thought probably guilty of giving the ball away a couple of times, but uh, got his goal and played really well in the, you know, in the middle of the park. But Bully, for me, is the man at the moment. So, we talked about Hereford and how you know killing them off early could... Could do um, county a lot of favours, and you know really raise, really lower their interest um, levels even more. Uh, but who who who's going to be your one to watch? That's a great question. I think I'm I'm going to stick with Jason Gilchrist because I think he's going to get some minutes. I don't know whether he'll start. I don't know whether he'll come on as a sub, um, but I'm sure we'll see him. Um, so because Jim Jim has brought him in specifically for these games. So I would say he's going to be the one to watch. He's the one that all fans will be watching um, should, they, uh, should they get the opportunity to. Um, so I think I'm in good company when I say he'll be the one to watch. Now, 
is it time to find out who was last week's Yeah, hey, you remembered. Legend, I remembered you this remembered. time. You remembered, I'm proud of you. Look at me. Uh, last week was Carlo Nash. Uh, well done, anyone who got Milo it. Hello, Ken. Um, so that means we can now do this. Which is the more frantic version. <laughs> You've got like the pumped up kind of like <laughs> electro it's club version. I think, I think hard this, handbag house. I think this might be the American version. <laughs> the Cheetle Legend. Your Cheetle Legend this week. Give us the information. Okay, so this week's Cheetle Legend, uh, I think, is a tough one. And I don't think there's going to be many people who get it. Listen, listen, if, that, if that doesn't shut up, nobody will get it. We've got applause there. Did you hear that? That was um, first time. That was all first our time fans for everything. listening. Yeah. You know, because we have sixty-four million listeners a week. Okay, so this week's Cheadle Legend started his career in nineteen eighty-eight. He played hundred and two times over four years for HJK. Have heard of him? No. Nope. Uh, yeah, no, nope, me neither. He went on to PPT on loan. In 1988, he played 12 times. He scored two goals. Uh, in 1993, he moved Croatia, to Croatia. I'm going for. He moved to Icast FS, where he played 48 times and scored three goals. Before moving to HJK again, second spell only 12 games long, but he scored one goal. In 1996, he moved to Viborg FF, where he played five times, scoring no goals. 1997. Maybe he's a club legend for HJK. He went back there. He played another 10 games, scored once. In 1998, he moved to PK35, playing 27 times and scoring twice. 1999, he moved to FC Jokerit, where he played 59 games and scored three goals. Then he moved to Luton Town, what you might call the fake hatters, <laughs> where he played 23 times and scored one goal. He actually was quoted as saying, I feel duped, I wanted to move to the Hatters, so the football gods the allowed it. The real Hatters. The football gods allowed it, he then moved to the real Hatters. The team he'd had on his bedroom wall since being a little boy. The team his own parents had wanted him to play for when he first picked up his first pair of football boots. He moved to Stockport County in 2001. He played 13 times, he didn't score any goals, he moved on. He went on to Denzil- Den- Denizilspor. Definitely in Turkey. Denizilspor, where he played four games, scored once. He then went back to FC Jokerit, where he scored tw- where he played 27 times and scored twice. Uh, he did have 27 caps for his national country, Finland, ah, okay. and he scored twice. HJK seems to be the club where he played most of his games, but it was those 13 games at County with no goals scored that really defined his career. I'm guessing the H and HJK is, stands for Helsinki. Now, I've got an interesting question to follow Stands up on. That. Hatters. Hatters. Hatters, John Kieran. <laughs> <laughs> that is the football club name for you. Um, how many double hatters do you think there are, i.e. players who have played for Luton Town and Stockport County? That'd be interesting to find out, wouldn't it? No. No. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that is your cheat leg end for this week. Get involved. Put a comment on Mixcloud or get involved on Twitter. We'd love to know who you think that is. Um, so, just wrapping up. No Contact Ridgeway. Mm-hmm. Forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yes, No Contact Ridgeway, courtesy of Dan Powell. Quite possibly the finest cameraman in Stockport County's ground every single week. Even when they're not playing, he's there filming. Uh, he's that good. Go, go and have a look at his YouTube channel for all of his um, stuff. He's provided us with another No Context Ridgeway. 
and this is it. There's a big bear down in front of me. Good night. Chris, your car's filthy, by the way. You might, you know, your magic trees are... But, you know, look at this for dust.